while the eggs are being decorated, for those of you who are uh, still here, we're going to be spending a bit of time in, in some scriptures. We're going to be carrying on with our series. Uh, it's going to be a bit shorter today, just about 10-15 minutes, and we're going to move back into our time of worship. I wonder if the following dates mean anything to you, though. The following dates, I want you to think whether it rings any bells or triggers anything off. The 13th of February, 1996. Does that mean anything to anyone here? What about the 6th of May, 2004? Does that mean anything to anyone? Or the 15th of July, 2011? Lots of blank faces. They're not dates that necessarily would mean anything to me. But they are very, very significant dates for many people around the world. You see, on the 13th of February, 1996, Take That made an announcement that they were splitting up. How did you forget, Barry? 6th of May, 2004. The last episode of the sitcom Friends was broadcast in the United States. Was that 12 years ago already? 15th of July 2011 was the release date of the last of the Harry Potter books, Deathly Hallows Part 2. I honestly had to look those up, they're not dates that are significant for me, uh, especially the take that one, I did have to look them up. But while for some of us they might not have any particular significance, they might not have been etched in our memories for any reason, for many people across the globe, actually, these dates were hugely significant because their lives were wrapped up with the music, band members, characters and stories and actually for many people when these things ended there was a real sense of loss uh, and a sense of, of feeling troubled, that's the reality of, of what happened. I think I read somewhere that when Take That split up the Samaritans had to open up a special helpline for people who were struggling to come to terms with what had happened. There was also talk of something similar when the last Harry Potter book came out to set up a helpline for children say for children, that were struggling in particular with the finish of that series. But what happens when instead of a band, or a show, or a book, what happens when your life is caught up in a person? How do we feel when that person leaves, or if that person is taken away from us? Maybe that's something that all of us can identify a bit easier than thinking about Take That or Harry Potter. You know, Jesus' disciples, his friends, they found themselves in that exact situation. It's what the poem that we heard at the start of the meeting told us. When Jesus was killed, when he was dead and his body was laying in the tomb, it all seemed lost. Their leader, their friend had gone. As far as they were aware, as far as they knew, that was it. That was the end of that chapter of their lives. And for Peter as well, he was also uh, having to deal with the reality that while Jesus was being taken away and tried, he was denying that he even knew. Imagine how Peter must have felt in that moment. Jesus is dead, he's lying in the tomb, and the last thing that he was doing, when Jesus perhaps needed him most, he was denying that he even knew him. But none of this had really come as a surprise to Jesus. He had told Peter exactly that that's what he was going to do. He said that he was going to deny him. And Jesus had also told his disciples that he was going to leave, that he was going to be going away 
for a while. And in John 13, it's where we're going to pick up from. And this is uh, during the Last Supper, so the last meal that Jesus had with his disciples. And a bit through, through the meal, Jesus said this. He said, once, Ju- uh, once Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you will also to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can, I, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where, and you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. For three years, the disciples' lives had been totally wrapped up in Jesus. They spent so much time together. They had heard him teach and say many amazing things about who he is and what he'd come to do. They'd seen him do many amazing things. They'd seen him feed 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves. They'd seen him restore sight to a man who had been born blind. Last week we were hearing how he'd raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. They'd seen some really amazing things in their time with Jesus. Not only had they seen amazing things, they'd done amazing things. Jesus had got them to do some of the things that they had seen. Now Jesus, this Jesus who for three years, their lives had pretty much revolved around being with him about learning from him, about following him, about enjoying time with him. Now Jesus was saying that he would be leaving them. And then going back to Peter, not only that, he was saying that Peter would deny being associated with him. That's an awful lot for these people to be taken on. Imagine how they would have felt in that moment. If your life's so wrapped up in someone and they say, actually, I've got to go. I'm going I'm to be leaving. And the disciples' hearts were troubled. They didn't understand why Jesus was leaving them at this point. They couldn't understand it. Why would they want him to go anywhere? What were they going to do when he was gone? A lot of them had left everything. All of them had left everything that they had had. Family and jobs. Their old friends had left all of that behind to follow Jesus. What are they going to do now? Now that he's going away. But Jesus explains, he says, I am going to prepare you a place in my Father's house. The reason I have to go is because I'm preparing something for you that can't be accomplished if I were to stay. I've got to go. On the 10th of March, 1898, a man named George Muller died. 
Some of you may be familiar with Muller. He was an absolute hero. He cared for 10,024 orphans. He started 117 schools. And he educated 120,000 children. This is an absolute hero of a man. He provided a home for those who had nowhere else to go. He provided a family for those who had no one else to turn to. He prepared places for these children. Now, the Bible says that mankind was created in God's image. To be created in God's image means that you carry something of the likeness of the family. There's a family resemblance that we carried from the beginning. But from the first created people and throughout the course of history, everyone, without exception, has given their hearts, their bodies, their minds to things other than God. Without exception, that is true for everyone who has ever lived, apart from Jesus. The Bible says that people started worshipping the things that had been created rather than the one who had actually created them in the first instance. See, the family relationship has been corrupted and we all find ourselves in a situation where we're estranged from the Father. Created in his image, bearing the family likeness, but because of our actions, because of our thoughts, because of our motives, because of our attitudes, we're estranged from our Father, who we were created to enjoy relationship with. Jesus was going to prepare a place in his Father's home to bring people back into his family. That's what he was doing, to welcome people back, to be reconciled to the Father, to live as part of that family. And this is what he accomplished through his life, through his death, and through his resurrection. He provided a way for this relationship to be fixed, for us to be forgiven. He paid the price that we, couldn't, that we could not pay for the way that we had treated God. There's no reason why we should be allowed back to enjoy God. Because all of us have done stuff that have fallen short of his standards. But Jesus, through his life, death and resurrection, has paid the price that we couldn't pay. To prepare a room for all of us in his father's house. But his disciples, they still did not understand. You can kind of, you can kind of get where they're coming from. It's, you know, Jesus at this point is still with them. They didn't understand. And Philip asks, how can we know the way to where you will be? How are we going to find our way there? If, you're, if you've gone, we want to be where you are. But how are we going to find you? How are we going to get there? Jesus answers with the following statement. He says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, the way back into God's family is not through trying harder. It's not through doing good things. It's not through being a good person. The way, the only way, to be reconciled to God is through Jesus. And Jesus makes that explicitly clear. He and he alone is the way. The way to be reconciled to God is to put your trust in Jesus. To put your trust in the truth that his sacrifice, the sacrifice that we've been celebrating this weekend, that it has covered your sin. It's covered those things that you've done that have offended God. It means to believe that in him you are approved and accepted by the Father. In him you are approved and accepted by the Father. And then as a response to Jesus, as a response to what he's done for us, to turn away from our old way of living and instead live the way that he would want you to live. 
popped into one of the one of the local supermarkets over the last couple of days, and uh, supermarkets they love any holiday, don't they? They go completely overboard. It's a good opportunity for them uh, to make a fair amount of money, and all of the things relating to Easter had either a rabbit, a chicken, flowers, or an egg of some kind related to them. They're pretty much everywhere you go, and already. Uh, both of our games that we've done today have been about eggs and they're kind of synonymous with Easter, it's what people think about and with each of these, while their roots they might be associated with other festivals and holidays, so they've been brought in from other places all of them represent the same thing as far as I'm concerned, they all represent new life and Easter is a celebration of new life that's exactly what it is. It's a celebration of life in the fact that Jesus rose again from the dead. But it's a celebration of life that in Jesus rising from the dead, there's a hope for each one of us that we too will live eternally. We will live forever with our Heavenly Father. You see, when Jesus rose from the dead, he broke the curse of death. It has no hold over us. We sing uh, songs about it. Death, where is your sting? You've got no hold over Jesus, he broke it completely and Jesus embodies the indestructible life of the ever living God isn't that wonderful, Jesus embodies the indestructible life of the ever living God and he promises that whoever believes in him shall never perish spiritually they shall never die but have everlasting life though our physical bodies will pass away we can live forever as part of God's family because he has gone before us to prepare a room in his father's house to welcome us into his family but the way to get there is through him because he is the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through Jesus Easter Sunday celebrates the day the moment that everything changed Lizzie and the band are you ready to come up and Lead us back into the time of worship in a minute. So say Easter Sunday celebrates the day. That moment where everything changed. Peter, before Jesus was crucified, Peter denied ever knowing him. Peter pretty much washed his hands of him. I don't know him. I'm not associated with him in any way. This same Peter was changed beyond recognition by knowing the risen Jesus. For Peter, when he met Jesus after he rose from the dead, everything changed. Peter, who denied knowing Jesus before he was crucified, later on he would stand up before a council and he would make the boldest of declarations about Jesus, that there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The resurrection absolutely changed everything for Peter. The resurrection absolutely changes everything for us. Because Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life. And he offers it to us freely. So we're going to come and we're going to reflect on that in this time of worship. We're going to think about what that means. And we're just going to spend some time just really enjoying Jesus together this morning and praising him and worshipping him because it's all entirely of him. There's nothing we can do to make ourselves presentable before God. It is entirely in Jesus.
that we're able to be here to come and, and praise and worship. So shall we stand? Let's be prepared to participate if you feel that God's put something on your heart, whether a scripture or a song, a prayer, whether he's put a picture in your mind, you feel you want to share, then please do come and see me at the front. It'd be wonderful just to hear from a few people this morning and what God's been speaking to them about. But let's just prepare our hearts just to come and give Jesus the praise and, and the worship that he is due today and every single day.